Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. It's uh, cloudy and gray over here, but we have snow. So, uh, yeah, mix of both. And, uh, yeah, things are going well. Just uh, slinging code today and uh, getting things done for clients. And that's always fun. So life is good. How uh, how are things with you? Good. Uh, we actually have snow on the way. Um, we are actually doing a funny thing is we're my, my son's been asking for a sleepover for a long time with this group mm. of friends and he's in fifth grade. One of them's a girl. It's like this, they're like a trio. They actually call themselves the trio. <laughs> um, and they want He's wanted to do a sleepover for a while. So they're doing a sleepover tonight. It's been planned for a bit. Uh, I think I mentioned one of them's a, a girl. And we're also like, this is probably the last time at this age where this is appropriate. Like, mm. <laughs> cause he's in fifth grade and it's yeah. sort of going into middle school. Uh, but the interesting rub is the potential snow coming. Right. So, uh, and we're like, do we really want to be trapped in here like <laughs> on a snow day where the parents can't come get the kids easily? And we're just like, you know, dealing with kids that didn't sleep well because they did a sleepover. Usually, usually yeah. the great thing is sleepover is, okay, everyone's gone by like 10 in the morning. Yeah. Now it's like, do we have these cranky, hungry, snow crazy kids that maybe didn't sleep because they were waiting for snow? Mm. And now we do we have them all day on Saturday, you know? So <laughs> no, it's it's left us in this little conundrum of sorts because we can't rug pull my son on it. And yeah. uh and then uh all the parents on the text chain are like, Yeah, we'll send snow gear. They're probably like, Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, that's that's what's going on here. Nice. Well, it sounds like an adventure. Get them all down and you know. Maybe you have a memorable Saturday altogether. There we go. Memorable Saturday. Good stuff. So what did you want to talk about today? Uh, so something a little on the tip of my tongue is, uh, so I don't know, Ben, I don't know. There's, there's probably a bigger backstory to this, but maybe we don't have to necessarily go into it, but um, I've been thinking a lot about about like collaborating with different people. Um, so I wrote a tweet this morning um, and basically kind of threw out this idea. Uh, essentially, like, and this isn't this is sort of paraphrasing the general idea. We can put a link to mm-hmm. the tweet in the in the show notes, but essentially, the whole like master and apprentice uh relationship like blacksmith like mm. jedi <laughs> like uh um an electrician these days right like this whole yeah. model where you have someone that is teaching someone a trade mm-hmm. um someone that wants to learn there's this there's this uh what i would even call a implicit agreement between the mm-hmm. two which is very different i think than what like a typical like entry-level job is today, right? It's like yeah. entry-level job to do data entry or to do cold calling or to hopefully you have a background in coding and maybe as a junior dev or whatever those is, those are. And you, you get you get taught, but it's sort of like in this manager relationship and you have projects and you're just kind of thrown in and you're mm-hmm. supposed to sort of more absorb by uh, 
osmosis and mm-hmm. or hopefully you might have a good manager that might be willing to like teach you but you don't really have like a coach that's someone that's like purely one-on-one vested interest or you might if you got lucky but when you have like a apprentice and and master like model it's very clear they often only have like one apprentice and whatnot mm-hmm. so it's kind of thinking about this and like why isn't more of there why isn't there more of this like there's great benefits on both sides and i the tweet i threw out was hey here's an idea it's like you know a lot of we talk to a lot of indie hackers and uh we talk to a lot of developer a lot of us are developers and things like that and um why why not you know one of the things we enjoy you and me is talking about marketing and i think that's a lot mm-hmm. of the things you learn about when you hear me talk about things I'm like, what if, what if, what if there was like, I had a little shadow person <laughs> that is a developer, like has their own stuff. So it's mutually beneficial. They could learn marketing to essentially mm-hmm. grow their own business. Um, so I think there's a concentric circle in there somewhere of these aligned, like uh, stages in a business stages in life stages in like where you want to go. So it's, it's um definitely not someone that is like, I'm not taking a college grad. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. not, I wouldn't bring on just someone that is like, you know, really requires a lot more mentorship across the board, but more mentorship on a skill set. My hope is Mm -hmm. they be, you know, know how to do time management themselves, like uh, knows how to, you know, allocate their own time and, and, and complete tasks in a timely manner, you know, make predictions on their like how long it takes work to be done things like that so it's like i wouldn't have to teach them like the soft skills it's actually you would learn the hard skills faster by doing projects but also you know have time for questions and why why are we doing this like whatever but they're not necessarily challenging you on everything and saying Mm -hmm. i know more than you on this and just sort of taking general direction or if something doesn't make sense to them they are asking why and you're taking the time to teach and coach or i'm potentially being like hey here's three great articles on copywriting that i really believe here's what you need to start here's three examples now make a landing page like this you know and then i'll critique it and we'll go two rounds and hopefully you'll you'll get it quickly hmm so like it sounds like you're talking about like yeah just like in a, a student like an apprentice style learning method for someone and like that really lines up with the how the trades operate at least up here in canada right. um yeah like you you have to do your time with a master in your field before you get to mm-hmm. go on your own or you get to do things on your own and that makes a lot of sense right. and i think um yeah i think there's something special there especially when you have you're learning from one individual you're not just learning from the internet or from you know the sea of coworkers and things like that right because it's kind of a, a special relationship there where they're able to to uh, specifically teach you on specific areas and and you get the time in i think that's a big deal too um that is really cool i think you know maybe it's not as far off as you think i think there probably are aspects of that that are already happening either in your workplace or in others um like where people are getting mentored in that way and so i'm curious if you've thought about like are we already doing this or if this is just a kind of a new idea um yeah no no it's not like it def- it's definitely not a brand new idea it's it's 100 mm-hmm. borrowed like we've talked about even just giving the example of trades 
I just feel like in the business world, it is, you know, how often are you actually paired with that? You know, maybe in a big company, you might have a trainee and a trainer, right? Like, but usually Mm -hmm. it's more on like doing a specific job, not necessarily teaching the craft, right? Or or getting projects related to that. Yeah. Uh, Just thinking from my own experience, when I worked at another company, um, I kind of, I kind of had my own uh, master person that I looked up to that I would always go to, um, to to learn Mm -hmm. things. And I would actually on purpose go there during coffee break when I knew this person would have a bit of free time and just, you know, shoot random questions at them that weren't even maybe directly applicable to my work, but were, you know, I want to learn more about this field and I want to do well at it, that sort of thing. Um, I did read a book a little while back um, from Andy Grove uh, about high output management, I think it was called. And he talked about doing that at Intel, where they had um, they had people kind of paired up in the sense of like the student and the master exactly that way, where, you know, you would schedule a, a weekly or a monthly meeting with someone. And basically, the, the whole point was to get the information from the, the master to the student. And it was the student's job mm-hmm. to basically make that happen and facilitate that and right. ask lots of questions and, and that sort of thing. And less of a managerial sort of sort of style, but more of a just strictly learning um, and like getting getting better at your craft. Yeah, and I think what's missing is like a, those were probably pre-baked in terms of, like I said, that there's more of an explicit agreement. There's intentionality behind that. And I think the trends you've mentioned too is most of the work has to come from the student, right? Like mm-hmm. the master sort of, and I'm not trying to say to be lazy about it, but the master is just going to do their thing. And it's your job to sort of like absorb by osmosis or pepper it questions, or maybe they, mm-hmm. they're just like uh, the karate kid and they're just giving <laughs> you tasks like Miyagi yeah. and saying, go paint the fence. Right. And then you're just like, okay, I'm painting the fence. And then, you know, he's Miyagiing you, so to speak. Um, <laughs> but like you brought up a great example of you, you know, in your initial workplace and seeking someone out, right? Like you did that on your own. Um, mm-hmm. You probably would have either, if the guy found you annoying enough to just being like, dude, why do you keep bothering me? And you'd be like, okay, so my bad. I'm going to go find someone else, right? So you yeah. were doing this like self-driven. And I think that's the challenge is not, Everyone, maybe in the remote world, maybe in the indie hacker world, like that's where my mm. tweet was sort of like, hey, I'm looking for a indie hacker. And I feel like there's a concentric sense there because one of the challenges I've always had with marketing is, is a, not everyone in marketing has a like a workflow system, system engineering type of brain. Like everyone has like different brains and how they mm-hmm. how they process how they approach problems and things like that and the ones that align well with me have an engineering brain right so like <laughs> we're talking shop we talk about things you and i when we talk about it i think we think about in like order of operations and how things flow through systems just mm-hmm. natively right yeah but there are some marketers that come from more maybe a more of a writing or creative camp where uh um or just you know come from other industries that end up in marketing for different mm-hmm. for different reasons. Uh, it also means like I have some other feelings about marketing because what's interesting is I think there's a lot less mentorship, mostly because like the structure is very different, right? Like people mm-hmm. say it's a little more 
subjective versus objective, right. like subjective right. on a on a campaign, right? But for for a developer, the code either works or it doesn't. There's a mm -hmm. repo. People can look at the code. People, it's it's already baked in a little bit more to have mentorship, right? You have code reviews. You have uh, specific tools for like the whole Git system mm -hmm. um, and Subversion and all those different things are built to collaborate and to work off of a unified set and for people to standardize all together. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist in the marketing world. It's very much like based on the output. And oftentimes that's why there's a lot more just freelancers, just write a blog post, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it's, it's a less structured world is what I'm saying. And I want to find, you know, I think a person that would work well with me potentially for this idea is that they have a structured brain. So it's like, I already know when we're, when we talk, we're going to be speaking the same language, right? And yeah. you might not know the craft of marketing, but I have a map and you need a map, right? So it's like the apprentice basically is just like, show me where to go and I will go color, right? Like, but I mm -hmm. just don't know where to go. And I don't want to be lost in this sea of reading on the internet and trying to figure out and listening to all this different advice. I can't, I can't figure out the map because there's just way too much information. Yeah. And I guess you probably need a certain type of person that's willing to accept that type of information too, because I think there is a, like kind of this, this uh, pattern in what seems to be the marketing world to me where people will say, Oh, I got overnight success by doing X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, like, you know, that's not really sustainable or like, sure that worked for that one person. You know, there's, there's all these little caveats with marketing where I think like when you have something like engineering, it's a lot more, yeah, like you said, results driven where it's like, yeah, A plus B is equal to C and there's no two ways around that. Maybe you could solve it a little slightly differently, but there's pretty objective rules around that. Um, I wonder if like, yeah, if maybe you just put this out there as like, you know, looking for looking for someone to, you know, do the, do the grind to learn things and like, you know, that they'd be willing to do this grunt work because like, I think you, you have to, they have to go into it optionally where they like, they want to learn. Otherwise it's not going to work. It's just going to be a battle. Cause I think of like, yeah. um, there, there's this great marketer that I like to listen to, uh, named Terry O'Reilly and he's got a, he's got a radio show and uh, he talks about that for, I think it was, must've been five or 10 years that he worked as a copywriter and the, the copywriting copywriting is kind of bottom of the totem pole from what I understand from the industry he's in. And hmm. uh, basically he just had to like churn out like headlines for stuff and like, just, you know, follow the party line, just, you know, crank them out as fast as you can. And he did that for a really long time. And he still talks about how that is really what honed his skill as a marketer and really got him to the level where he's at and, you know, working for some really talented people who would correct him on things and, you know, give him um, sometimes harsh feedback. Um, yeah. And I think if you're someone who invites that and is willing to to do that, then yeah, it could be a really great opportunity. But I think for you on the, the master side of things, you, you have to, they, someone has to enter into that willingly, right. And be, uh, you know, want that sort of thing too. Right. You need the right, like we said, a lot of the energy has to come from the student. So it'd be like, I'm pointing in a direction and I'm throwing a bunch of resources and I'm like, here's roughly what I'm thinking. Go start. And then I will mm -hmm. critique and then hone you down and then tell you where to go next. 
and I hope it happens quickly. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm actually going to do this. This is more of mm. a, just an idea and it's probably a lot of work. It's a lot of work to find the right person. Um, and, and honestly, even at this stage in the business, it's probably better for almost for me to like find a person that is, that I don't have to teach as much. And maybe it's like, Oh, actually let me find the, uh, ex developer turned marketer that's at a mid-level stage of their of their career, and that's probably a better win for me <laughs> than yeah. honestly trying to totally build my own from my my developer robot parts. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think the 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 master student uh, scenario lines up with your like your desire. Like you, like I think you you like to teach people. I think, and like I think you you do a fairly good job with that. So I I can see why you would want to do that, but I also think that for yeah. For the size of your business, from what I can tell, it seems like it'd be more effective to to get someone who can just jump in and, and start contributing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's an interesting idea. I almost feel like there's definitely more around this to just even approach, right? Like even mm-hmm. if a, I would almost say someone going into jobs, like they should be looking for, well, who am I going to learn for? Like, what is my learning process, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think there's still like a lesson there because these, you know, you, you see a lot of what's going on in like layoffs and tech and all these other things. And I think lost in there somewhere is this sort of like taking ownership for your career versus the, a little bit of like this stuff happened to me and yes. and no one's saying like why they happen and, and whatnot. And I'm not blaming anyone, but at the same time, when it comes down to it, you control your own destiny, you control your own things. And, you know, a lot of people got shiny eyes of saying, Hey, I got a job in tech. They got me these, like, I've heard about how they've been in the past 10 years. I finally got my foot in and I'm Mm -hmm. doing this thing. And yet like they, they, they more than likely had very serious imposter syndrome there because they're like, okay, I finally got this thing. But then they're just like, doing the things they thought they were supposed to be doing versus, you know, possibly really taking it like, Hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. Let me suck as much information and learning out as possible. So when I do go jump to the next thing or something does happen, I control my own destiny. I'm in control of like my own learning. And I feel like some of that is lost these days. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Yeah. Person, so. I don't know how much to comment on the uh, the current layoffs. I don't really know a whole lot about that. But what I I do maybe not really, just in tech. It's a, it's almost generational. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. Just, but I do feel strongly though that like you you always have a choice in everything that you do, whether you take a job or whether you know you go somewhere else. And I think that you're you've got to yeah you've got to think about how are you developing yourself. Like are you actually learning and being stretched in the place that you're in? And are you, you know, protecting yourself for the future too, right? Like if you're, you could take a job learning Fortran, but like if there's no, if there's no job after that one job in Fortran, because it's, you know, so old and nobody else uses it, maybe that's a bad example, but, um, you know, maybe you'll think about that, right? Like what's, you know, is this a stepping stone or is this, you know, even a lifetime career? Like just, you know, think, do the thought exercise and prepare yourself. I like I like that example though cuz there is like a little bit of you know there was a time where people were like oh I don't want to work on Fortran or I don't want to work on this old code base right but now 
probably that is a super valuable commodity. Like someone that is deep Fortran can probably call their shot of like, you know, there's some legacy companies that will pay like, oh my gosh, our other guy just retired. Like I need a, you know, I will pay $500 an hour. I don't care. Like no one knows how to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So it almost like once the crowds parted and everyone left and it's like, you are the last man standing. You are the, mm-hmm. and you, you know, went to town in Fortran for 20 years. Like, you can call your shot now. <laughs> yeah. 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 People go too far the other way too, right? It's like I'll only work on the latest yeah. framework or something like that too. But True. yeah, I think yeah. just as you gotta be, you gotta be growing as a, as a person, right. And like in, in using, using the brain that you've got, like do the, give the best you can stretch it and all that. Right. Otherwise you're going to, yeah, it's, it's not going to go as well for you. I, I've often thought about that too. With when times are tough, it's, you know, you don't have to be amazing. You just have to be better. And if you're better than a lot of times you can, you can find a way through. Yeah. I remember my dad saying something like early on and I don't know if it was my career or whatever. And it's it's a very short, you know, he's like, there's always a, there's always a market for great people, like whatever the thing is. And it was just this sort of like, you know, I don't know why, why, or I was worried about something and whatnot. And and, and uh, about jobs or something like that. But he just, you know, fly out said that. And it was kind of like, yeah, like that's fine. If you can just be better, right? And mm-hmm. and you, you own that yourself. You control that. And better at what you get to decide, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you can easily yeah. separate yourself from the crowd and, you know, make your own luck, so to speak, and, and find the right opportunity. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff. We'll cool. uh, be excited to hear how that turns out, whether that goes somewhere or whether that just kind of fizzles. <laughs> I did get a couple of responses. Uh, actually, yep. a guy, interestingly enough, a developer, an indie hacker that I've met before in person. He actually drove up and met me for lunch once, like a couple of years okay. ago. Um, yep. He actually, like, I haven't heard from him in a, in a while. And he's like, where do I apply? And, he, and, and he's like, do you need some in-person? Like, I'll, I'll drive up there. And I'm like... I was kind of joking, but I don't know. And, and I even <laughs> joked with, hey, okay, here's job task number one. Write up the job spec. Like, what is the mini project to vet people? Like, write mm. up all that. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I digress. I don't, I don't yeah. I, it, this may be nothing. Uh, this may just be uh, an easier way to rant about the world than writing a long blog post or additional tweets. But yeah. <laughs> Get your apprentice to write yeah. your rants for you. Yeah, I don't know. He probably could just like record or just transcribe these podcasts. Is probably. Yeah. I hope our podcasts aren't ranty. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we definitely have points of view on things. Hopefully, they don't feel that way. But you know, yeah. with passion, you know, comes comes sometimes oh, yes. complaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. good. So it just means we care. It just means we care, Nate. That's right. We care. Cool. Yep. All right, so uh, yeah, so for the other topic, what's today? Today is uh, February sixteenth. February sixteenth. Mm-hmm. We have a goal for you. Yeah. How's your goal yeah. coming? We got what two more weeks? It's not so good. Not so good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So we had a goal a couple weeks back of getting testing taxi to uh, was it two hundred MRR. Um, I think 200 MRR yeah. by March 1st and uh, not going well, not going well on that front. 
Um, I've tried pulling lots of levers. I reduced prices. I handed out discount codes to lots of people. I sent people automatically discount codes right away after they signed up. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing there. There's been traffic to the sign up, like the pricing page. There's been traffic from the um, the upsells in the in the app, and you know traffic to try those features and whatnot. I've had mm-hmm. people that I've given free trials to on a one-off basis and they seem really keen about that, but still like, you know, I'd put them back downgraded again and then nothing really happens. So yeah, I'm a little, uh, a little discouraged on that front. Okay. Not really too sure what to do next with that other than to maybe like pivot a bit with the actual feature set. Um, have some ideas around that. Um, yeah. How's your how's your just general like user user base of activity? Yeah, so general users, it's um, it's fairly consistent. New users coming in, uh, my marketing activities have been working fairly well for that. Um, probably get I don't know three or four signups a day, and um, got a decent amount of interaction on LinkedIn. Um, people don't seem to stay around for too too long. Some some will kind of circle back after a few days. Um, right. But a f- few people that'll like, you know, kind of keep coming back every now and then. Um, but no like kind of power user yet. Um, yeah. What, because um, like in my mind, and we think about this a lot in terms of like for Referral Rock as a product, it's like you have the sign up and then you have like engagement right mm-hmm. and if you're not if i if they if i don't have them for us it's like building and launching a program right but right. but for yours it's like a usage based thing um mm-hmm. in general like you have to get them hooked to see the value they have to use it to see mm-hmm. the value and i think one of the things you mentioned in the past that you've seen is just like you know it, or or I, I think i recall you mentioning once about you know, some people, when you have asked about, like, why they haven't bought or whatever, a, a main concern has been um, just, like, I don't know if I'm going to get that much value out of it, like, over mm-hmm. time, right? So I don't know how often I'm using it. And maybe the real challenge is, like, okay, wow, okay, yeah, they haven't even built a habit yet around this. So mm-hmm. if I don't have a habit which to use it, and I have a high usage, then I'm going to question any value delivered. Because if I only use it once a month or I forget about it, and maybe it wasn't sticky enough to really like hook me in and build a habit, um, then ergo the chances of me paying for it as a, as a value, because I only get value when I use it, mm-hmm. um, sort of significantly goes down, right? Yeah. And I guess like there, there's been a variety of usage patterns. Like there have been people who like they sign up and they just poke around and then they're done. And there's other people who mm-hmm. like use it for hours. Like they'll they'll use it for like a number of hours before they they t- turn it off and carry on. Um, and yeah, I think so that's like the thing. Well, how do you keep them coming back? So that's the thing. So it's like if I look at this as a funnel, mm-hmm. it's like sign up, get them to build a habit. And that yeah. that's like your core problem right now. 
And I think trying to, it's nice to try to, and there's nothing wrong with you taking a shot and be like, want to pay? Hey, how much you pay, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. help me feel better about this and validate. So I feel better about like continuing to spend my valuable time and effort building this, right? Um, but maybe it's a little mm-hmm. too soon and that's okay. And really what you, since this is sort of new, Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you remind remembering to use that is sort of like you got to build a habit. Like you talk about, um, you know, refer rocks a little different. It's like you set it up. We just need your concentrated energy for this long, and then you hook it up, and then it runs on autopilot. So it's a little different. But any other usage based thing is really build the habit of like daily usage. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you have email sequences to like on sign up to remind them, hey, have you tried this feature? And maybe it's like once a week you're poking them. So you get that person poking around on the first day. Mm -hmm. How do you get them to come back day two or week two and week three? And it's like, I think, I don't know how much you're doing on email, but now that hopefully you've got their email address. And if you haven't, you probably should require that to sign up and get permission to basically remind them with value. Like, hey, there's Mm -hmm. this new feature. Oh, in case you didn't know, there was this feature. Or hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you try this yet? Right? Like, or have you te- ever run into this scenario? And maybe you're engaging them with questions, like whatever else. Yeah, that's a smart idea because I've definitely experienced that myself with other apps, where like the the email reminders are what kind of keeps you engaged um, until that's, you that's, build that habit, right? So yeah, that's right. Yeah, because. It, it, most people are on a cadence of sorts, and so it's normal that they their usage would dip for a certain period of time. Um, right. Yeah. Hmm. That is interesting. I, I, I like this too. Like, what about so? For example, what about asking people their cadence? Right. So, right. like, my dev team has a weekly cadence. We do releases on Thursday mornings, so mm-hmm. that means manual testing is really ramped up on like on like. Tuesday and Wednesday, like mm-hmm. Tuesday for sure. And Wednesday, hopefully not as much as you're bleeding towards the thing. I don't know how many other teams are like that, but you could be like, what is your, what is your release cycle? And then you could essentially send them, a, send them emails, like mm-hmm. potentially the day before that, like testing is supposed to be really ramping up and starting. Right. Yeah. So if it's a monthly build or it's a, if it's a daily build, I don't know what you do, but maybe assume weekly or whatever, but you're kind of like, or maybe you just don't even, you can ask, but maybe you're just sending it to everyone weekly and be like, hey, if you're testing this week, have you thought about this, this, and this? Or hey, if you have a question on how to test something, let me know, like mm-hmm. feed you the content wheel, right? So you could kind of give, so it's every week it's like, hey, time to get in testing mode. Like, what are yep. you thinking about? Are you actually a full-time tester or are you actually a developer as well? And and maybe you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, testing mode. Cool. Oh yeah testing taxi right yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense and i can i've got a lot of content built up over the last while that i could feed into that um to kind of keep it fresh and whatnot um because right. like, there's, you there's build also the this... sequences too right yeah. so you don't have to necessarily feel you're like on the wheel so someone gets week one's email week two's mm-hmm. email week three so as long as you're building out ahead of the curve <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to you know, you can take some breaks. You don't have to worry about. So, and yep. then you can go back and remix it and reset the ones that are performing well for week one, week two, and hone out your sequence by testing new users and their engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I got to try this. I'm excited. 
I, I want to get this a go. Because my other option was like to build out different features, and that sounds really hard and like a lot of work. So I think we ought to give this another another kick. Because I think you're right. It's it's the it's that habit forming to get them to remember the value. Because like in the moment, people seem to get the value. They're all excited. But then it's like yeah. And like they, they recognize, like from my post too, I can tell they recognize the value in some of these digging deeper things that we offer, but they just, you know, they don't remember that. So to, yeah. to kind of get that in there. Yeah. It's more of this like peripheral pain point, And it's enough that when you talk about it, it resonates with them and they're interested. Right. Mm. But in that moment of doing the thing, it's easier to fall back in their habit and do it the way that like, Oh, what is that thing again? I don't know. Is that over there? I don't know. Like, yeah. You know, it's so like every time we podcast, it's, it's again, like, what's the it, thing? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but the habit, right. So yeah. I, I would say that's really, I would say, honestly, you know, you know, if you, if you make your goal, you make your goal. But I think what we've learned really is like, you took your shot. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. You got to do that. Because if you hit it mm. early, it was great. It helped you. And people didn't need this habit built, or there was a certain subset of people that were already just dropped in and would use it, right? Mm -hmm. It know You know, your, your North Star metrics right now is helping them build the habit. You have enough intake of people coming in, trickling in to tinker with it to get an idea and like kind of validate some of these things, but your goal should be engagement and building a habit. And in the, and the faster you do it, uh, actually there's a really good, um, I'll send it to you. There's this person on Twitter I've followed. She's really good on e-commerce, like marketing. Okay. I think her name is like Alex P or something like that. But she always has these, I've seen her things about, like email. And it's definitely one of these marketing points of view that where you're like, oh, that totally makes more sense. And mm. part of the stuff is, you know, when, I, and I'm going to botch it, but something along the lines is like, if you're going to do a discount or something for a new person, you've got to pummel them with emails in like the first 48 hours, or you're going to lose them anyway. So it's basically like you have this window mm. of attention. Yeah. yeah. And instead of being like this long-term game, being like, I'm going to send them one a month, they're going to forget. Like they, the next yeah. time they get that second month email, they don't, they forgot who you were, right? So like yeah. you got to just pummel them in that. And it also almost reminds me of what Chris Savage said uh, uh, on, our, on our interview, which was one of the points I wrote down was he was like time with brand, right? Like mm. he was like, when they've watched the videos, when they've like the time with the brand is like, you have their attention. How can you, and almost to be annoying, just pummel them with stuff, right? Like it's yeah. like, here's a video, here's a five, 10 minute video, like get some time with brand, right? Like mm -hmm. um, gnarly cases and like, who, here's some fun thing. Like, so whatever it is, like half of this is engagement with you and testing taxi and the product, right? But it could mm -hmm. be a hybrid of just like, that that window of maybe maybe we'll say two weeks is probably the time where you need to be honestly the most aggressive. And if they're turned off by it or turned off by it, you probably weren't going to get them anyway. And almost yeah. like, let me yeah. see if I can really kick up my engagement within the first two week window and get them to build a habit. All right. We got to stop recording. I got things to do. Yep. Cool. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Nate. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send that article. We can add that to the show notes too if I can find it. Yeah, um, sounds good about the email stuff. It'll be a good one to read. But 
new goals, new goals for you on engagement and habits. Cool. Good stuff. There we go. All right. Take care, Josh. Good chatting with you today. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Nate Bosher and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes. Episode 52, 7 years to 22 MRR and zombie startups. Or episode 30, review sites are a necessary evil and hacks to get around them. Thanks again.